Good evening. Uh, I am Chris Jarvis. I make indie games on the side. And with me, as ever, I'm joined by Ubisoft concept artist Vin Hill at our Montreal studio. Good evening, Vin. Good evening, Chris. Tonight, on tonight's episode of the Polygon Forest podcast. The Epic Trial. Epic Games and Apple are at trial over alleged antitrust practices by the iPhone maker that could see the entire App Store ecosystem change and bring Fortnite back onto iPhones. The trial, which started last week, will address the questions, do Apple's in-app purchases policies violate antitrust law? Epic offered an in-app purchase on the App Store and didn't pay the 30% fee charged by Apple, effectively circumventing Apple's policy. Apple removed Epic from the App Store and Epic responded immediately with the lawsuit, suggesting that a court case was Epic's strategy all along. The verdict could also have a far-reaching impact on other digital storefronts like the Xbox Live, PlayStation Store, and the Nintendo eShop. However, Judge Rogers, who is in charge of the US trial, seems cautious of this and is relying on Epic to be able to explain why the App Store is specifically a problem. Trials in Europe, the UK and Australia are due to take place, potentially dragging this out for some time. The talking points on tonight's episode for the Epic court case will be developers using the Epic engine for iOS games and the future thereof. Mm. Xbox confirms they are making a loss from their console sales. <gasps> Sony charges for cross-platform play. And Apple think 30% won't last forever. Mm. We could have talked about this for some time, but those are the things that I've decided we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> if you want to talk about anything else, that's fine. Excellent. Uh, Vin, we're over to you now for what is going to be discussed, first of all, in this podcast episode this evening. Thank you, Chris. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about the Nintendo announcement, which just came this week, which is some very, very exciting news. Indeed, Vin. What is that news? <laughs> so the news is, is that Nintendo this week announced a new uh, game creation tool, which is also has sort of a child-friendly uh, ecosystem around their uh, new sort of plan to introduce game programming and games development into uh, child's lives, which is really, really exciting for developers and also really exciting for uh, gamers that are coming up and really interested in games development itself. So. Uh, much in line with the Super uh, Mario Maker and Nintendo Labo project, which they had, uh, Nintendo are also taking another step in encouraging their younger audiences to explore games programming, which is very, very cool. So it's basically a node-based system in the actual uh, game itself, where instead of programming out lines of code, you can take nodes and connect them together, and it basically translates into game mechanics within the engine, which is really, really exciting. So... Uh, have we seen whole... anything yet? Have we seen any? Have we seen? I've only seen some screenshots. Have we seen gameplay? There's a short trailer, uh, oh. which which came along with the announcement, which showed off the node-based systems. But in the game itself, well, they call it a game. It's basically an engine. Um, in the engine itself, you can make background music, you can make sprites, you can make uh, animations, um, all that sort of stuff, and you can also code it all together. And there's some really interesting, like asteroids-based sort of platformery games and. 
there's a couple of like first person games that people have made and Nintendo have made all of their own little projects as well. Yeah. Very, very much in the same line as what Sony did last year with uh, Dreams. I don't know if you've got a chance to play this. I saw but, Dreams and I've seen a lot of what people have made, but I haven't had a chance to dive into it yet. I think I've missed the boat. I think most of the Epic stuff has already been made and I can't possibly think of anything to add to that. Yeah, yeah just a brilliant little engine, like such a great idea. Like I, I'm really liking this direction that developers are sort of going in with this um, aspect of games development because it, it, like I've, I've had this problem with uh, the education system in, in the Western countries for years where they're not sort of adapting to this new climate. They're not teaching kids how to program full time. Like I, I, I have been pretty adamant about this whole kids should be learning how to program from an early age. Mm. Um, we use devices all day. We use phones. You know, we have, everyone's got an iPad. Everyone sits on computers all day. Everyone's using all this stuff, but no one knows how to code. Yeah. Which is insane if you think about it. Like, it's like you're using a language that you don't know how to, it's, it's like being, it's like being illiterate in my opinion. You know, like we're just, we're using a tool that we, we don't really know the language to. And now games companies are starting to like wake up to that fact and they're sort of thinking, hmm, how can we like circumvent this and, and get around this whole idea of teaching kids how to learn code, which I, I think I think this is another step towards that and it's great. I think that, yeah, it looks like it's the natural successor to the Mario Maker where that just got uh, yeah. a whole generation captivated into being able to have control a bit more into their... Yeah into the video games that they play because they're literally making the video games that they play at the end mm -hmm. of the day, the levels at the very least. So I saw that there was like a handful of different game modes, uh, which is interesting. So it looks like they're going, these are the core game modes. This is what you can be making. And then it's click and drag, drop and drag. There's a mouse uh, compatibility as well. Yeah, there's I've some. Heard. Yeah, you can plug in a mouse into your Switch, which is kind of amazing. Like that, wow. even I, I don't think that's been done and if it has, then I've not heard about it, I guess. But yeah, that'll that'll definitely remove one of the barriers to the game instead of just using the touch controls or using controllers. Hmm. Um, yeah, that'll that'll be a definite help because if you could use a mouse in something like Dreams, hmm. I think that the difference would be night and day. You know, because they, I know that I remember at some point with Dreams on the PlayStation Four, they introduced the uh, Move controllers. Right, and what, when that came in, the whole the whole community sort of exploded, and everyone started using these sculpting features that were in the engine. So yes, I've seen a lot of that. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. That came out of nowhere, but yeah, no, it came out your nose, Ben. Um, Basically, so... it did. <laughs> Correct. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, they wouldn't be on any news channel, would it? Um, but yeah, well, I'm really excited for this. Uh, my, like my five year old today was was using a, my mouse. Uh, mm -hmm. to play on some like BBC iPlayer games. Right. And so I'm thinking if we had like a Nintendo Switch here on like a little stand and he had a mouse plugged into it, he could be making his own games. If yeah. it's as easy. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how young you can be to make something that's, you know, you and me would I say. Mean, with, yeah, that's yeah with, with the UI that they've got set up with the nodes system, which is there are there are other engines out there like professional engines. I think Unreal uses um our node based systems as well. I think it can at least. But we've mm. like we've we've played with it internally at Ubisoft as well and just had like nodes set up instead of like lines of code. Like you just you can have designers come in and and use it without being a programmer. So you can mm. set up like really simple functions. Yeah. It's not obviously a hundred percent like that, but it's a good introduction, especially to kids, you know. 
there yeah. are because there are educational programs out there for kids in schools that are using these node-based systems but having that nintendo skin about it you know um will definitely help especially yeah. if they can introduce like oh you can make your own mario game and stuff like this yeah. and, and that's the thing that's going to turn kids right. onto games that 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 might not have even conceived this i mean we're coming at it looking from a video game world perspective but if you're a lot of kids are just consumers well <laughs> most of them are i can't see anyone that's like right. in the all, industry yeah. all of them all kids yeah. at the minute are just consumers <laughs> yeah to be right, that's a good assumption yeah. we can assume that much and yep. then they might be turned on to this just because of the fact that it's um off the back of mario mm-hmm. um if they can make and mario maker they might be going i want to do this i love mario maker because of mario and now i want to do this and yeah, they would never nice, have conceived of, of anything similar to that before. It's a nice natural progression from Mario Maker, I think, mm. because Mario Maker is very much a, it's, it's not really a game creation tool, but it's like a level design tool, right? Mm. So you get all the things like from the levels and you can organize things the way that you want and you have to get from A to B. And it's just you like making levels. And it's just, it's very specifically about that, mm. which is great. Like it's a good thing to introduce people to, but like the, it's it stops short at the the programming side of stuff, which is probably the the next general step towards making a game. Yeah. Which like level design, like you know, as an indie developer, like level design is like almost towards the end of stuff that you do. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not like there's so much stuff before that which yeah. you don't even begin. You know, like that's way more way more important and way more like back endy stuff. So this introduced yeah. kids to that, which is great. Yeah, it starts with that. So yeah, so yeah, something like that's just a level builder. It's just the the end stage. I mean, right. but for some people, that's just hundred percent of their job. Depends what they go into, I suppose, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a good sort of option to give to more kids to mm. say, okay, not only could you do level design, you could do programming, or you could be an artist, or you can be an animator now, mm. and all these different things like Nintendo Labo and, and um, um, Super Mario Maker, and now this which is called, uh, what is it, Game Builder Garage, it's called. It's going to be out on June 11th. It's going to be about $30, so I can imagine it's about £20 in the UK. Okay. Um, so pretty cheap as well. Like, I'm glad Nintendo didn't, like, stick a full-price tag on this, you know, because yes. like, it's important. You know, it would have been even better if it was, like, free or something, but yeah. obviously, like, this stuff costs money to make, so I totally get they have to make some return on it. Yes. But, yes. yeah, it's great. I, I, I love this stuff. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of this like 20 years right. down the line where they're like, yeah, I love this uh, Nintendo game builder garage and that uh, got me into video games. And now I'm like this amazing prodigy yeah. of game design. So Exactly. So like know. in 20 years time when you when we're interviewing people and say, oh, what, what decided you to get into games? Like, why did you why did you want to get into this? And they're going to recall these stories. I'm like, oh, I remember when I was a kid and my dad got me. Um, I was watching the Polygon Forest podcast. Builder garage. Oh, no, right. <laughs> Wow, you watch that too. So does everyone else. Like, it's like Bill and Ted. We're like in the future. They're world famous uh, musicians. Right, that's going to happen. We're like definitely. world famous podcasters, but we just don't know it yet. Could you imagine? Could <laughs> you imagine? But yeah, that's yeah, that's that's basically the whole story. I just think this is a good little story, hmm. which I wanted to sort of bring up because yeah, the the more we can push towards education systems. 100%. introducing their stuff like it's good that more and more companies are doing this and and it yeah. helps like even at ubisoft we've got a i think it was like a rabbits game that we did which was like code-based stuff i think that's that's it's it's either out or it's it's been announced or something like it and that's that's been going on for a while um playstation have obviously got their initiative with dreams yeah and there's a lot of other little uh 
gamey sort of engine stuff that you can play around with. So like more the merrier. I, I love this stuff because it's only you're just planting seeds for the future, and I think yeah. that's super important. And the future is going to be a lot more node based stuff for sure. Like I think so too. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be there. I mean, you'll never not need coding, but um, the, the, but what's coming out, especially if you look at Unity, what we use primarily, when since when we last when when we was at uni it was i couldn't use it really it was just yeah, beyond yeah. me yeah. and now um, it's at a place where i can use it because of its usability and drop and drag and etc cetera, etc cetera. so yes yeah for sure looking forward to that yeah very much uh so shall we go on to the epic trial we should we Why should not? so Let's the first it. point to talk about regarding the epic apple trial which in itself mm. conjures up images of Apple's looking badass uh, <laughs> in my my brain in any case. Uh, so developers that are using the Epic engine, hmm. they're probably like, you know, indie developers, they'll be like, yep, yeah, I've always used Epic engine. That's what I know. That's what I like. I want to be releasing games on all the platforms. And, you know, iOS is one of the platforms. With this trial and the potential consequences thereof, we could see a whole host of developers that are just not able to release their game on the iOS store uh, because of simply the fact that they're using the Epic Engine, whereas the engine has got nothing to do with the court case, really, I can tell. Right. Um, the, there's some interesting things about the court case that have come out that doesn't seem to be anything to do with Epic or Apple or, mm. you know, uh, they're, they're loosely related to video games, but... What are your thoughts on this? Is this just a, casual, a potential casualty of this court case with two giant, uh, massive multi-million dollar corporations fighting it out? I I hear the concern, and I've seen a lot of other people mention this as well, and I, I totally understandable. Like uh, Apple and Epic are going at each other's throats right now, and, and it's obviously going to make them very angry at each other at some point. So anything that's Apple-related on uh, anything to do with Unreal is going to be is going to be scrutinized a bit further than normally would and vice versa. And I'm sure Apple's going to be looking at all of the Unreal stuff on their store and be thinking, hmm, do we really want to support these guys? And while I all of that is understandable, hmm. I don't think I don't think Apple would be stupid enough to affect um, developers that just happen to have used the Unreal engine because it happens to be belong it happens to belong to Epic. Um, there's a lot of platforms and services which Epic supply, like even this week, which we weren't covering in this, but uh, Epic just announced that they have just bought out ArtStation, oh. which for all the people that don't know what ArtStation is, it's a huge sort of portfolio-based website for artists in the games industry and the movie industry, mm. um, predominantly used by 3D artists and, and 2D artists um, trying to get into industry and studio jobs. It's probably the most widely used. It's, it's basically deviant art, but a lot more focused on the professional mindset of that's where art directors go to really look up stuff. And now ArtStation has been bought out by Epic. Does that mean that the ArtStation app is going to be removed by Apple? Stuff like that. And it's a similar thing with yeah. the engine. But at the end of the day, I don't think that's going to happen based on precedents that have already been set by Apple and their competitors that have had lawsuits with them and they've had problems with, but they've been able to look past certain things. I think direct games that are published by Epic, absolutely, I think they could mm. be casualties. But the the any games that just happen to use our engine, it might be a bit 
more of a stretch for that to happen because it's it's the equivalent of someone writing code on a Microsoft machine and then publishing it on the iOS store. It, like it's the same sort of thing. Like it's an engine. Like you've used something else other than a Apple product mm. to create your thing and they really don't like Microsoft and Microsoft really don't like them, but they mm. still do a little bit of business together, even though, you know, they're, they're direct competitors and have way more beef than what Apple does with uh, Epic. So it's, yeah, considering like Microsoft, they're still able to do things on the iOS um, platform. It mm. it brings me hope that this shouldn't be affected too much, I would hope. But I don't know, it remains to be seen. Like, what, what do you think about it? I honestly wouldn't be surprised if uh, just because of, regardless of whatever their intent is it mm. wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if they just say we're not supporting epic full stop and okay i wouldn't be surprised if yet there's no more support for the future games that are out no more updates allowed uh and no more releases uh allowed that use the epic engine like just yeah. as like could be just illegal we're not doing any business with epic and that just falls under the umbrella of epic yeah. and where they draw the line might be red tape. It might not be anything to do with them. So it, it might be one of those legal things where they just say, uh, yeah, we don't, want, we don't want to deal with this, but that means we have to get rid of all this. And unfortunately, that's just a casualty of war. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, the only... Yeah, I guess like when it comes to um, like the legality of that, I mean, I know there's obviously legal. There's, they're their own company and they're legally allowed to just remove stuff for whatever reason that they want. But I think there's, there would probably be some sort of internal repercussions if they just removed Epic because, quote, unquote, they don't like them. Mm. You know, that someone would have to happen within the engine um, that would break their terms and conditions. So it'd have to be in the terms and conditions that not allowed game engines under the name of Unreal or something. Like, even if it was that stupid, like mm. have to, they would have to update that. But at the moment, like nothing that I could see would really, you know, disrupt their terms and conditions in any way so i'm not really too sure if there was any reason for them to just cut out just for the pure fact that they quote unquote don't like them mm. so it's yeah i mean it's it could go either way though like you're absolutely right they they are allowed to just like writ large cut out the unreal engine from everything but it would affect so many developers i think that there might be backlash not just from unreal mm. but you're talking about a lot of other big uh studios like you know like people there's a there's a lot of companies out there that just use Epic, um, mm. Epic's engine. That I've got nothing to do with this, and they just they were just quite happily using a game engine, and it might yeah. have been a game that came out ten years ago, and now it's suddenly getting taken down, and mm. all their revenue is getting removed. It's sort of like where's the where's the fair line? I think Apple will probably balance that a little bit as well. At least I hope it would, you know. But yeah, it remains to be seen. I hope so. I hope so. But you know, they. I mean, yes. The the one side of the coin is that. Apple is just like everyone else and everyone else. There's lots of platforms that take 30%. And then the other side right. of the coin is, yeah, but they also charge like $100 a year, which yeah. is in a, the later point. So, that, yeah, it could go either way. We have to wait and see what, yeah. the, what I mean, the court case is yeah, due I to mean, end it, it, soon. It depends, it depends how much bloodshed is done during this trial because this trial yeah. is going to go on for weeks. Like we've only, like we've just gotten through the first week of it. Um, this is going to go on for like a, like another few weeks at least. So by the end, yeah, I think so. Like oh. they've got they've got about forty five hours each of arguments or something. So oh right, okay. I, I think they've both gotten through like eight so far. So right. yeah, it's going to go on for a while. It's, it's oh, okay. going to be going on for a bit. I I read some places that it's due to end soon, but then I guess soon is hmm. 
uh, I don't know what what they mean. Like, do they mean soon in in terms of massive corporate uh, yeah, things that could go point. on for years? Do they mean soon in terms of uh, a regular court case, which is I don't know how long, or do they mean yeah. video game? I think I think, the lesson, I, I think the lesson here is like you shouldn't listen to like two random podcasts. Don't listen to the on, press. On, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> or us. Just go on, go and read like about the trial but we're just we're just giving our top line opinions on yes. like what the, the key points are the key takeaways at least. But yeah. Yeah, uh, don't, like go and check out the trial yourself check it out one of the reasons why we wanted to do this podcast though it's probably worth mentioning is that it was a bit overwhelming the amount of information that we're getting and the articles there's a lot of them mm. and so one of the things we wanted to do was just have a conversation about some points yeah to at least have some clarity. So if if you're interested in in the trial, but you haven't had any time to like dive in, this is just so you can just sit there and listen or watch with your eyes uh, yeah. and listen to us debate some of the finer points of the trial. Indeed. And some of it's really boring. For example, right. some of the boring stuff is like, you know, video game studios review games. <gasps> Shocking. Who would have thought? Enough, enough about that. Can't talk about that. There's nothing to say. There's literally nothing we can say about that. It's not yeah. surprising. I'm not surprised. Every, every, every publisher does it. That's, that's all I can say. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, like everyone's shocked about that thing. And it's like, no. Like, so you won't get any in-depth totally analysis on that view yeah. or that revelation. Because it's just like, okay. Quote, quote. Yeah. Which brings us on to a more interesting topic that we can talk about and have interesting points of view on, which is Xbox confirms that they make a loss from their console sales. Xbox Vice President uh, Laurie, Laurie? Laurie Wright was called Laurie. As, Laurie, yeah, sorry. Laurie. Laurie Wright was called uh, in as a third party witness for the trial, where she was asked questions about the console market. In response to a question from Epic lawyer Wes Ehrenhardt asking how much margin Microsoft earns on the sale of Xbox consoles, Wright said, We don't. We sell the consoles at a loss. Asked if Microsoft has ever earned a profit on the sale of an Xbox console, Wright replied, no. Mm. This is groundbreaking because it's her trial and she's yeah. under oath and she's talking about the business. Yeah, she can't lie. She can't lie. Anything else no. that might have been said in the press or talked about at press conferences could be posturing towards other console manufacturers. Like, we don't make a, we don't make a profit. That could be used as like... A, uh, ammunition so that other consoles might make decisions it could be used as a tactic it might be an absolute fabrication but up until this point now we now know that that is the case yeah it's it's very much like a, yeah it's kind of like a political football pretty much and they just like pass this thing around like and they can use it in various different ways like you just said like they can say they can use it in a very like consumer friendly type of way, right? Hmm. They can say, "Oh, we don't make any profits on our console. We just make them out of the goodness of our hearts. And hmm. We can give them to you, and then you can buy our products like software wise, and and that's it. That's all. That's all we like to do. And then there's other companies that will turn around and say, "Oh my God, look at our look at our console sales. We're killing it. We're doing so well and stuff." So it's this really interesting revelation that's come out now, which is now official. Like I think it was suspected for a long time hmm. that a lot of consoles are sold at a loss, but now that it's official, it's sort of like okay. What does that mean? Yes. So that's that's the uh, that's the thing about it. But, so now we know that that kind of yeah. blows out of the water. The PS Five is winning news, right? Uh, because they've sold so many consoles. Because we now know that for every console they're selling, they're making a loss. Yeah. 
I mean, yes, they're paying 70 quid at least for one game, but how often mm. PlayStation users buy games uh, at that price is yet to be seen, whereas the subscription model could be far more profitable from Xbox. Yeah, it makes a lot more sense why Xbox are going after the subscription model, considering that they've never made profit on any console ever, and that includes all of the previous consoles as well, mm. which is... Bananas if you think about it, but at the same time, like if you think about the average sort of core gamer and how many games they buy per generation, like it's such a small amount for the actual console, like the buy-in. Um, so this kind of makes sense to that respect, you know? Mm. And it, it makes you, the thing that like, as soon as this came out, I was like, okay, it'll be interesting to see if PlayStation are in the same boat, if they ever made any profit on any of their consoles. I you know? doubt it. Because they right. they was it PlayStation Four was like two hundred was it two hundred dollars for a long long time, yeah. Uh, or they re- they reduced it and it was they reduced it was yeah it came out at three ninety nine so four hundred and then yeah. it came down to three I think and I think it was that two ninety nine for two ninety nine that was it yeah yeah I think that was it for a long time and so that is int- that makes it all very interesting yeah uh, so it it doesn't really make much sense for the console was, as it were, to focus on price now. Right, but at the same time, like this is the strange sort of dynamic of this, right, though, but where they say, yeah, we've we've sold 10 million consoles, for example, right? Or like by the end of a generation, they say, oh, we sold 100 million consoles. And that's like the sort of golden number which console um, manufacturers sort of go for. Mm. And they say, okay, we've sold 100 million consoles. What does that mean? That means that 100 million people are buying our software from us, mm-hmm. which is... A valid point, like especially if you're making so much money on that software. So that's when the software, the hardware sales, sorry, actually come into play. Where we've sold 100 million um, units of our console, therefore, like 100 million people are buying our software constantly from us, which is a valid number to look at because that's actually profit at that mm-hmm. point. So yeah, there's there there's yeah, it doesn't make much sense to talk about the the hardware, but at the same time, it does because that also like. It has a knock-on effect to the software. software. Yeah. Because we know that because there's just the sheer number of PS5 consoles mm. that are out there, a lot of people are buying PS5 games at, you know, at least one. Yeah. We know at least one of they've all got at least one game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, they've got it. Like they, yeah. they haven't really got that much choice at this point. They haven't got that much choice. Um, yeah. which is interesting. One interesting thing that we don't know, mm. which could be very relevant, is how much of a loss is it one yeah. per console i think they try and get as close as they can to zero you know and i think we see because what 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 ends up happening like even now it was in the news this week that sony are all, already uh, redesigning the internals of the playstation 5 um this early on and the reason for that is because cheaper parts come in that are different sizes yeah um different manufacturers take over certain parts and then they've got to redesign them to sort of fit with their systems. And it happens a lot where like internal um, revisions of the hardware comes around and that brings down the costs to the point that they might like not actually make that much extra on them because like as they drop the prices of the consoles, they also have to make the internals cheaper mm. to make. And I think it's just them trying to get back to that baseline of zero. But yeah, you're right. Like it does it does bring into question how much of a loss they're taking, mm. which I don't think they'll ever announce how no. much of a loss they're taking. Even if they're on court, they'll go, no, I'm still going to it. Right. Or how much of a profit they make on the software. Yeah, because yeah, we'll at the end of that. the day, if, if the Xbox Series X is at a loss, then 
is the Xbox Series X uh, more of a loss than the Xbox Series S? Oh. Is the there must be like a business this. model for it. There must be yeah. a business model for it. But at it the end of the day, like you've got to take a step back from that and look at okay, there's less than 10 million um, Xbox Series consoles out in the wild right now with with end users, but they've got they're coming up to 30 million um, uh, Game, Game Pass. Pass users. Yeah. So if they've got that many subscribers, like where does it where does it take over? Because like if you're if you're subscribed to Game Pass for a year. Then that's like you're you're getting a good chunk of money out of all these people, and if mm-hmm. that Game Pass just keeps going up and up and up, then when do hardware sales actually not matter? Yeah. I would argue that they didn't matter about 15 years ago. You know, mm. like it's this like we're getting to that point now where it's just we need to start looking at software rather than hardware a lot of the time because even with the generations of Nintendo users, I remember when there was a lot of discussion about how well the Nintendo DS was doing or the 3DS, and People saying, oh my God, look at the hardware numbers for the 3DS. And I remember having a conversation with someone about it and thinking, you know, like I don't know a hardcore like Nintendo fan out there that doesn't own multiple 3DSs, like from different regions or different styles, different colors and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I've, Colors, you see yeah. Nintendo fans all the time yeah. with like five different <laughs> 3DSs, like, mm. oh, this is my favorite one because it's purple and this one's, you know, and stuff. This one's see through like, and I modded this one and I didn't mod this one. Exactly. Yeah. So it makes you wonder, like, where, where does the line be drawn for like hardware sales? Like, why? Why should we matter about this to an extent? You know, and Nintendo is could be the odd one out as well because I know that they have been known to be say, saying that they made their uh, they, they made the Switch to be as profitable as quickly as possible. Which was the Switch. A, Sorry. Yeah. The, oh, did you brain fart there and forget the no, word Switch? No, the Switch. Like you switched over. Switch. Bad joke. Oh. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Um I'm here all week. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh, no, what was <laughs> my point was yes, Nintendo have been known to be say that they uh they want to make their console as profitable as soon on as possible, which would right. I'm paraphrasing and that's not even English. Um which would suggest <laughs> that uh, as soon as you've bought one or two games, then they've made their their money back they made their money back yeah and you and you've got to expect like the rest of the console manufacturers are the same if not just add one more game onto that mm. which you know like if, if i'm anything to go by the the playstation 4 last generation i probably bought maybe 150 games maybe 200 easy like i was just constantly buying things on sale that's so, a lot of money isn't it it's a lot of money i'm talking about up. two grand over probably about two grand over about seven years yeah which sounds like a lot of money but like week by week or whatever like it's not that much for like the amount of entertainment i get out of that it's not it's it's really quite low well pound for pound is still the cheapest uh form of entertainment if you compare it to like the theater the cinema like pounds like entertainment for the time per, you get out of it you entertainment per hour yeah right. it's like the cheapest uh it's like the cheapest media the magazine sales yeah. uh reading a book actually no maybe not reading a book reading a book might be cheaper Depends. Maybe it depends how fast you are, and it depends yeah. how how long you play the game. Once yeah, you've read, my, my you read a book, my wife, my wife can blast her a book in probably a day, like no problem. She'll oh. just page after page after page. I'm like, I just look at her. I'm like, how the fuck are you get through this book? Mm. It's crazy fast, but yeah, she's laughing at me now because she knows, like, she's so <laughs> proud of herself over that. But yeah, like, yeah I, it takes me ages to get through a book, like yeah. normally, because I read like every single word. I'm like, you know, maybe she just skims through. She just goes through like first word of each paragraph. I think that's it. Yep. I think she, gets the yeah, gist. Right. 
but yeah, it, it could be the same with video games, though. You know, like so. It's yeah, it's 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 definitely an interesting take where like when when do hardware sales losses like sort of circumvent you know the the software sales because I, I can imagine it's quite quick. You know. Yeah. What's that sure got to do with Epic money, versus Apple though? Not too much Nothing. because they. You're right. It's because they. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're probably just trying to figure out like how much Epic are actually making on each like individual each sort of storefront. Console. And they want to sort of compare and, and tabulate yeah. against that, which is uh, probably a valid point. Like to to be fair to Apple, you know, like, there's some graphs of the revenue I've seen. Um, for sure, yeah. And it's like PlayStation is just like whoosh, through the roof, right, way at the top. Yeah, and it was like at one point it was like PlayStation's most successful video game mm. as well, which is just crazy. It makes me think that the uh, judge probably goes home and she's probably like a hardcore gamer or something. I don't know if it's a hero or she. I think it's... Is it a she? No. I'm not sure. But I'd like whoever the judge is, because I haven't watched any of the trials. I think it's a she. Been... I think it's a she. Right. So I, I can imagine she's probably like a hardcore gamer and she goes home and she like listens to all the podcasts and all that sort of stuff and she knows all this sort of stuff. <laughs> so she's just bringing in all these witnesses so and she, she just can get all the inside know. scoop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like all the, all the the documents are getting leaked. Oh, like the yeah, cat's out of right. the bag. We can't. And she's like, no, we just need to figure this out for legal minds. And she's going home and she's like on Twitch with a headset and stuff. She's like, what's up, guys? And, like, and, stuff. What's up, and she's guys? one of those. In the hot tub and <laughs> Xbox. <laughs> Make a loss on all the <laughs> God, that would that would actually make it so much better. But yeah, like it, it wouldn't surprise me at the same time. But yeah, no, it's it totally makes sense. It's one of those things that everyone's had a suspicion on about for years, you know, the whole yeah. fact that, you know, they probably don't make much money off these consoles. And yeah. now that we know that they really don't make any money off them. Without the veil um, of marketing behind it or could yeah. be lying or uh, Yeah, I think or... the I think the only company that are making any money anywhere honestly is probably nintendo off their hardware sales just mm. purely because they like there's there's no secret about it they make consoles that are extremely underpowered for the current generation and mm. they know how to ship uh, hardware to the point that it's it's making them profit so it, mm. it works for them and, and it's great and the consumers like it so it's all good and well mm. but they're probably they're probably making a killing off all the chips so because they're always like a generation behind so they're never using the most exactly. powerful stuff yeah, yep. so it's going to be discounted. And it works for them. It yeah. totally works. Interesting to see if they carry on that trend at E3. I hope not. Indeed. Hope Hopefully. Not. Well, this is the thing. So. I mean, 4K, like 30 FPS, 4K, hmm. it's fine. Like we're, yeah, getting to, we're getting to the point now where... Yeah, it's, I, I mean, uh, it's it's debatable of yeah. 4K, quote-unquote. I think it'll be upscaled 4K using yeah. the uh, new NVIDIA Shield. But that's that's a whole different discussion. That's a whole we'll different get, thing. We'll get, We've talked about we'll that as well. We'll get yeah. to that soon. Yeah. Uh, so next thing. Sony charges for cross-platform play. <gasps> evil Cro- people. Evil Sony. Cross-platform play is not a slam dunk, no matter the size of the title. As you know, many companies are exploring this idea and not a single one can explain how cross-console play improves the PlayStation business. That is taken from an email from Geo Corsi of PlayStation to Tim Sweeney of Epic. That was paraphrased and sliced together, but you get the idea. That's what Sony's opinion is on uh, cross-play between different platforms. So it's bottom line for them, isn't it? It doesn't yeah, make them it's, money. It's business money. To have money. games that's, that's on it. other platforms. Yeah. And like what gets me is like <laughs> no one can explain how crossplay consoles improves the PlayStation business. Why would the other companies <laughs> want to explain that to PlayStation? 
hey, PlayStation, yeah. this is going to make your business better, says competitor to PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to tell you, mate, are they? No, it's, it's an interesting sort of aspect to this whole thing where, you know, like the sort of, what you call it, like the consumer friendliness of, of PlayStation is starting to get stripped away a little bit because yeah. they're focusing on the numbers, which is rightfully so. They're a business. Like they're a business enough. at the end of the day. They've got to make money. They, they're trying to survive. They're trying to make ends meet at the end of the day. They've got to pay their developers. They've got to pay all their producers and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, absolutely. I, I totally get why they do this. But at the same time, it's like there is some ironic moves being made by Sony to sort of get around this whole aspect, like the the uh, buyout, like we weren't actually going to go into this that much, but... We can't talk about it now, then you say we're not going to... Right. So, like, the uh, the Discord um, news that came out this week from Sony are being extremely consumer-friendly of, you know, saying, oh, we, we want to be inclusive of all platforms and bring all this in, but at the same time, they're sort of trying to push away crossplay as much as they can. So it's a mm. sort of ironic, you know, juxtaposition of like these different viewpoints. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's money. You know, it's weird just... because how does Discord make Sony money? They would have, there's obviously money changed hands. I'm sure Xbox would have wanted to get a slice of that Discord pie because Discord have like won, they've won, haven't they? Mm. So Discord, like they've won the, the community platform Wars. Yeah, it's it's the messenger. It's like the message system of choice. The for message gamers system. At this point. Yeah, yeah. And now it's going to be in PlayStation, so it's bringing those communities closer together. So there'll be PlayStation yeah. games community people that are on Discord, and they can access that via their PlayStation. That flies in the face of what we've heard them. We've we've read on the email. Yeah. To Tim Sweeney, from from PlayStation. So they yeah their messaging is a bit. You're right. It's hundred percent. It's a bit juxtaposition, really. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit backwards, I guess. But at the end of the day, like Discord doesn't make or lose them any money because it's just gamers talking to each other uh, on different platforms or across different platforms. If they're sat in a Discord server and they're talking on chat while they're playing a the game on their PlayStation Five, for example, and someone else in their Discord is playing on PC and they're just having a conversation, that's no effect really to PlayStation because you know they're they're still in the PlayStation ecosystem. But having cross-play on a game might not gain them any money. It doesn't lose them any money, but it doesn't gain them any extra because yeah. there's no reason to go out and buy a PlayStation 5 if all of your friends can play the same game as you on Xbox Series X. Yeah. And you know, like there's no reason for you to be sad and go, oh my God, all my friends have got a PlayStation 5. I need to get a PlayStation 5 in order to play with them. Mm. It removes that extra sale of that PlayStation 5 for Sony. So I can understand why they don't want this to be a thing and i think everyone knows that and i think microsoft have been the ones that have really started pushing this because at the end of the day microsoft don't care what you play on like as we yeah. just discussed in the previous bit of like they don't make any money on their hardware anyway so it doesn't matter what it system matter. you play on like as so, long as you subscribe to game pass they don't care because they're not losing money from people being in discord on the playstation network and, and yep. being able to use that cross-platform why do they charge why did they charge epic because they're not losing any money for people playing on other games. So why do they charge Epic money? They're the only people to charge for cross-platform play. Like Xbox are in the same boat, but Xbox didn't charge Sony. Uh, Xbox a, didn't charge uh, Epic. But yeah, there's a, very simple, there's a very simple and stupid answer to this, and that is because they can. Mm. And it's just that simple. Like if, if you look at the numbers for Fortnite and how much 
like people playing it on the PlayStation platform. Like you yeah. just said, I think it was something like seventy percent of all our players or something. Yeah, are it was on crazy high numbers. Platform. So yeah, they were doing the ones then, I suppose. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so hundred like hundreds of millions of players. Like if they're like, holy crap! Like these people are taking a chunk out of us because of our server costs or whatever. You know, like for what, however they justified it. Mm. Like if they're if it costs too much of servers, like if people are just using the PlayStation network to communicate through the PlayStation servers, like the actual chat systems and stuff like that. more than any other platform. Right. So they're actually, they're probably losing a good chunk of money from that just purely through the server side of stuff. So I understand why they probably charged Epic a little bit more for that, which mm. makes sense. You know, like if, at the end of the day, if you're, if you're, if you're shipping more of this game, then pay higher taxes and all that sort of stuff. It's, it goes back to the whole like, meta politics of this right the whole like yeah if you, if you earn more then you should be paying more at the top to be within this ecosystem or whatever yeah but, on the yeah, flip side a, though there's yeah. like economy of scale and it would cost playstation less money because they're earning more money from yeah more people using it yeah mm. but like i i obviously i i don't agree with this sort of mindset of like oh you're selling more games therefore we should charge you more like i don't think that's really ethically fair to everyone else that's selling a lot of games as well just no. because they're in the hundreds of million versus the tens of millions yeah like is gta again like pay like getting charged more for to be on the playstation store because that's constantly at the top yeah um that we don't know but it'll be, be interesting to know again what's that got to do with epic and apple right but this is Not, the stuff that's coming out of the court case yeah interesting yeah. stuff it's because they're setting up like this sort of um this sort of case to say, you know, like uh, Epic don't actually make that much money on the Apple store. So why the hell right. are they bringing all this up? Like yeah. that's the sort of mindset that they're going out with this, which you know, I, I, I can see the angle that they're trying to attack this from. They're laying down a foundation for their argument. So they're when they're painting the picture of the landscape of the, exactly, yeah, yeah. of the marketplace. And then when, when they turn around and say, actually, like if Epic only make this amount of money in the Apple store, then why the hell are they you know why should they complain sort of thing like mm. they should be they should be thankful for what they get and, and who knows how it's going to turn out but who knows that's that's the brush out the paint it's interesting because only epic are probably in the financial situation to take on apple in this in this sort of uh arena and yeah pay I, I think i think that's why i think that's why they're doing it it's because they've taken so out the mantle. money yeah they're because there's, companies have said no, that Apple no, unfair. Like other companies have said it. Like there's been, uh, was it Match have said that it's unfair. Um, there've been other software developers that have said, yeah, yeah Apple aren't fair. It's it's a monopoly. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's I mean, this is where the interesting conversation goes. Is like it's it's a monopoly within its own ecosystem. Is it? You know, like that's the question. Like a lot of people don't really know, and that's sort of what this court case is gonna. Mm. Uh, bring it down to like does apple own a monopoly in the sort of app store like if in terms of all the digital apps like do apple own a monopoly technically no but they own a monopoly within their own ecosystem of the iphone yeah and because the iphone is so popular now is that a monopoly in and of itself mm. because like a billion users are using iphone products you know like and it's that it's that mm. is the question which is sort of trying to be answered during this court case i don't really have an opinion on that either way like, I just don't know. Like, we, because yeah. this is all new ground. This is what's so fascinating about this is because this is all yeah. new technology. These are new marketplaces. We've never really seen anything like this happen. I mean, mm. there's been bits of it, but now that we're like the Epic have decided to take the mantle on this and dive headfirst into this, and there's mm. no, 
There's no, no guarantee as to what's going to happen. It could go yeah. either way, and it could be could no, nothing can happen as well. We you could just be like could be a stalemate. Yeah, yeah. and and no changes is made, and the marketplace. Well, is I the think same. that's what Apple want more than anything. They yeah. just want everyone Status to go away. Yeah, leave us alone, please. Leave us alone. We're fine. But there's no secret about that with uh, Epic and, and Unreal and all that sort of stuff, though. They they purposefully tried to do this um, thing to circumvent the Apple sort of. Um, what you call it, the payment system, so they could get around that within the App Store. The second that they took that down, the second that Apple said, okay, no, we're not having that, we're removing Fortnite from the store. Second they did that, they got landed with the lawsuit. So they were ready for this. Like they they did this on purpose and they were ready for it. And yeah. this was sort of their, it was they a wanted plan. to fight this fight. So yeah. like, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, yeah. there's no secret, like this wasn't, this wasn't planned. It and there was, was that email, there was the email to, was it the Xbox CEO? It was like, mm. enjoy the fireworks that are coming over yeah. this so that, yeah. yeah there's no been no uh, secret which yeah. is interesting and i love all the fact that we're getting all these private emails it's so like it's great yeah it's Makes so it real. like seeing someone's inbox and seeing like the font that they use and it's just like <laughs> oh this is so good really comic sans <laughs> wingdings um oh dude if I, if I was the ceo of like sony or xbox or epic or something i would totally use comic sans just to piss people off like all day oh every day just comic sans times new roman in reply you know? <laughs> just change it up every font different yeah yeah it's like what well, i'm creative what well, get over it <laughs> especially if you thought what you're saying is going to appear like clipped and sent on you know world media for like a big, massive court case as well. Gold. I love it. Just to make us look even more ridiculous. And emojis. I'd add emojis as well. Absolutely. Um, but this kind of actually does lead me on to, well, not this, but what we were talking about leads mm. me on to the last point, which is Apple think 30% won't last forever. Yeah. So I think it's as a response to this whole thing. But prior to Apple's small business program that cut its rates to 15% for developers making less than a million in revenue, Phil Schiller wondered whether Apple should make the proactive decision to cut fees. This is taken from an email to Steve Jobs. While I am a staunch supporter of the 70-30 split, I don't think that 70-30 will last that unchanged uh, forever. Apple still charges, so that was the quote, Apple still charges $99 a year to publish games on the App Store. Mm. So if you're a small developer now you only have to pay 15 percent of your profit to apple so that's great news yeah but if you're a really small developer you have to still pay 99 pounds a year to have the games on the store that i think sucks right i mean i'm i've published a game on the apple store before mm-hmm. also had to pay the 99 dollars mm-hmm. been through this and it's very hit and miss. Like when you have discussions about people, like 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 you just said, like the first baseline reaction is like, oh my god, you're charging people money just to like get the game on there. But there are sometimes benefits to having a paywall to this sort of stuff because well, it stops egregious practices as well. That's Apple's argument: is that the fact right. that they charge this much fee means that they can have the most secure network, and it 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 creates the con- the quality of content is like it's a bit of a firewall for quality as well. Yeah, I mean, that explanation is probably a bit, you know, there's a lot of fluff in that and there's a yeah. lot of BS. They're like, multi-million, I mean, that's, they're multi-million yeah, that's pound obvious. corporation. They, they can make sure it's secure. They yeah. don't need the cash. Like, no. 
the the charging of the money is not important to them. They're, no. they're not trying to make a quick buck out of anyone. Although I'm sure they welcome the extra hundred dollars a year. Don't get me wrong, from random developers, but mm. at the same time, like it does, it does just unfortunately keep people out, like with a paywall. Like mm. it, it stops like people just completely flooding the system with just crap, basically, and just like submitting things which are officially like let through by Apple for whatever reason. But it mm. stops people publishing fifty app versions of the same thing, especially if it costs that much per time uh, to actually publish it or like to actually become a developer. So you're not just like getting kicked out and going back in over and over and over again. Mm. So it's, it has its cons and pros. Like I think a hundred dollars is too much. Absolutely. Mm. It should be like 15 or something, you know, mm. like that, that would be, that would be fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it is a lot of money for like a random developer, especially a kid that's just getting started and like, Hey, yeah. I thought of this app, um, I don't even get pocket money, you know, like I don't even have an allowance to get a hundred dollars. Like this is like, there's a lot of money to a kid like that's mm. just getting started. And they might have this amazing multi-billion dollar worth idea that yeah. they can't actually get out of there to publish. So that sucks. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think removing the paywall altogether is also a bad idea. So they do need to find this middle ground somewhere, I think. But what that is, is. I but if it's, if, if it's a game and you want to be an indie developer and you just want to start on the side, you want to start small. Yep. It's preventing you from starting small. Mm. You have to make a loss or don't do it. Yeah. Or you have a hit. So there's the like the options. You either pay the money, it's a hundred dollars a year, and you have a hit and it makes more than a hundred dollars. So <laughs> a hit is more than a hundred dollars a year. But you get right. one. Yeah, yeah. No, or, you, or you make a loss and it makes less than a hundred dollars a year. So you're making loss. So you're paying to have the app on there. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that would just be like, well, me for me, I'm making a game at the moment. And I'm, yeah, I'm I'm looking at the different platforms. Mm-hmm. This this is the reason why this hundred dollars a year I think is the reason why all the YouTube videos I see about what you're going to be producing on it's like Steam, Steam first, then HIO, yep. and then if it does really well, then you can start looking at Apple because you know it's going to be worth it. Yeah, and that's afterwards and because there's more hoops to jump through with development as well as payment for going for releasing on Apple. So yeah. it's no surprise that, that it's always Apple last. And that's a real shame because people are missing out really uh, on, yeah. on some gems that maybe didn't do too well financially, but are still great games. And also this doesn't stop a load of crap from getting through on the, on the, on the app system because there's a lot of crap on, on the iOS store, like a lot of crap. Yeah. So in that way, it's not stopping those games from getting through, is it? <laughs> Right. But there's, I suppose Apple is still making money, so they don't really care. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like it's one of those things. Like, yeah, there is a lot of crap on the App Store, but at the same time, there would probably be a lot more crap. If there would have been more there. crap. Yeah, right. So it's like, how much how much crap do you want to deal with? Sort of yeah. thing. What percentage it sounds of stupid, crap? but yeah, it's we're talking probably double. I mean, and Android is a good case of that because when we released our game onto Android and iOS at the same time simultaneously, mm. um, way easier to get out onto Android. But the Android store, like in general, is just filled with twice as much crap. Like yeah. that's just that's the deal, right? So you're less you saw... likely to get noticed uh, exactly. on, on that. Although do the um does the the Google store or the Android store mm-hmm. have more um marketing help and is the algorithm a bit better than the iOS store? Because that's another thing. Not which really. I've they heard. seem they seem pretty similar, pretty similar. in my opinion. Yeah. That's another thing like, I've heard that doesn't help games developers is the noticeability like apple doesn't want to pr- promote 
people in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't want to help good things get seen. It seems yeah. like it's a waste of their money or time. I mean, Android have some things in place to circumvent that, which is the uh, like the early access program. They have those, and they have like feature lists and stuff for games. And obviously, like the the Google Store as well, like the Play Store is it's first of all it's called the Play Store. So it's more focused on games a lot of the time as well. So it's good for games developers, hmm. whereas the App Store for iOS is very much, you know, for apps and productivity and and, and doing things easier and, and hmm. things like that, like like quality of life stuff, which is really what it's designed for. So they're very different sort of ecosystems in a way. But yeah, I think it, it hit and miss. Depends, depends on what you're making and how sort of uh, kid-friendly it is. Like if you make like a super serious app, which is super clean and sleek, might not mm. even work that great, but if it looks great, then it's probably going to do a lot better on Apple it, just because it sort of fits that ecosystem in a weird way, which, you know, it sounds stupid and, and, and shallow, but at the end of the day, like if it fits within the ecosystem and people are buying it, like who the hell are we to say otherwise, you know? So it's, it, it's it, yeah, they, they have got a little bit of different culture, but not but not too much. Yeah. Not too much that you noticed in your your experience, right? But to to be fair, like I have to say that getting apps onto the App Store, like on iOS, is just a colossal pain in the ass. Like it's there was a lot of hoops you have to run through. The terms and conditions are really long. There's very little minor things that can trip you up, and they just block your app like straight out, and you can't even get it in. And there's a lot of that stuff that you've got to handle and deal with. But once mm. you do get it through and you get it in, then you're in an ecosystem where people like within the Apple sort of ecosystem, understand that anything that comes in is probably of a bit higher quality than, you know, everything that's going on to the Play Store. Yeah, they they know that it's been through a few hoops and that that brings with its own content pros. So it's, you know, it, it really depends on what sort of user you are. Like if you're an Android user, like you don't care like how polished stuff is. You just like, if it's effective and, and you can use it, then that's the important thing. But on iOS, that's not the case. It has to tick all the right boxes and, Doll the eyes and cross the teeth as it were. Okay, that's some good stuff there. So um, we could do like predictions now, I suppose. For sure. On the court well, case. For the trial itself. Yeah. Okay. What do you yeah. think is going to be the outcomes of the trial? Potential implications. It depends how it goes, right? I mean, for me, I think the the best case scenario that could happen is that if if Apple are sort of tagged as a monopoly within the I, within the iPhone ecosystem. If that does happen, I think the best thing that can happen is if that the commission boards, which is like the European commission boards and the North American one, like if they they are the ones that have to approve if Apple ever like rise, uh, raise or lower the um, percentage costs. Right. Like I think that would be the most fair thing for everyone if that happened. That's mm-hmm. if Apple were actually told that like yeah you have got a monopoly on the ios store because unlike google right now google uh android and all them sort of platforms like microsoft and all that sort of stuff they allow you to download apps third party whereas the iphones you can't mm-hmm. it's a locked system so like the last the, the worst thing that could probably happen is if if i ios like had to open up like android because then it would just turn into a mess as well and security issues and all this sort of stuff there's so many like muddy little bits to this but i think it's just that the main thing which they're focusing on is the the uh, the thirty percent like the seventy thirty percent cut and I think if they, if they can somehow make that a part of regulation to the higher ups within the governments then I think that would be the best way of doing it but 
God knows how this is going to go. This is new territory. Yeah. Um, this is going to set precedent for like so many other court cases that are going to come down the line and potentially uh, new bills that are going to get written in these different countries to sort of yeah. pave the way for these digital marketplaces because this is this is all new territory. So yeah, it's it's exciting. It's scary. It's it could be great for indie we'll developers. There could be like there could be some cool stuff happens off the back of it, which, which absolutely helps that. Yeah, they 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 could really open the doors for indie developers. I think as well for this, mm. you know, they could say, okay, like it's a zero percent thing for indie developers because you're not making any money. Why should you charge any money? Yeah, for things like this. But at the same time, it also open up it opens up the Apple Store to the floodgate of crap. The floodgate of crap. So it's it's very it's yeah. But who's it's, got the money to implement a system to ensure quality? Hmm. Of all the companies of software around the world, That's who fun. would you say is really good at making a piece of software that ensures something as a, as a certain quality or a certain standard, uh, yeah. but they just are not forced to make a massive amount of profit off the back of it? Yeah, I mean, Apple it's, can do with, it. it's possible. Yeah, Apple could totally do that as well. And there's there's other ways around this. They they could allow third party marketplaces like Steam. Like when you open up your PC right now, you've got Steam. You've mm. got uh the ubisoft app you've got um the ea origin app you've got all these different things like the microsoft store and stuff they're all third parties but within the pc marketplace like would it be so crazy to have apple regulate third party um storefronts like an epic store like a steam app which you can just download steam games within yeah. and apple get a much smaller cut because um steam are actually managing their own marketplace and stuff like that there's so many little yeah. things that could happen out of this and to get around that but apple just sort of block right now and if well, that's that's one of their arguments at the moment yeah. apple are making to epic is that because they own uh hio that all the content that's associated with hio they're trying to smear with the whole of epic and all of the software. And yeah. so it even came down to the questioning of, so are you responsible for the software that's put on through HIO, even though there's less um, sort of quality control? And they yeah. were talking about sexualized content, basically, that they couldn't even read out some of the titles of some of the games that they couldn't even read out in court because of laws of broadcasting profanity. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> which is great because then HIO said we're now going to be changing our like mature content title to like games of un unspeakable games or something like that or like games <laughs> that are not even spoken of they're, right. so they're just like lapping it up which is great and it turns out that yeah it, it, I think the argument was one in that Epic aren't um, responsible for software just because they own it it's on yeah. the onus of the individual company to um, ensure that their policies are adhered to. And right. so if those policies don't align because they're separate companies, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that seems to be... So the point I'm making is Apple's, Apple's lawyers, at least, were using that as a... That's not good. So I think Steam... I would love to see Steam on. Yeah, App Store. I think that'd be awesome. It'd be amazing. It'd be um, for creativity and for job prospects and for getting money into the lower echelons of the industry. Uh, it would be a bit more like uh, of evening the evening the the playing field. I think. 
Yeah, I, I mean, don't think all, Apple all comes, that. and they'll fight it tooth and nail. I don't think they want. Yeah, to. I think. I mean, it all comes with content pros. This is the strange thing about the trial is that, like, yeah, it would be a good thing if Apple opened up a little bit, but at the same time, it'll be a bad thing if they opened up because, like, all the crap will come in, and then they've got security issues. Obviously, mm. like you're, you're talking about devices which have got people's credit cards on their personal data and all this sort of stuff. So I understand all of that. Mm. And the same, like, there's these two wars that, like, these two battlefields that are coming clashing together right now. And it's just like, okay, but what is the best outcome for both of these companies when you stand back and look at all this? Mm. Because either way, like someone's going to get screwed here. Like, uh, mm. like it, at the end of the day, like there's a, there's a screw over the end user because that's all I really care about. Like if, if I'm the end user and I'm using an iPhone and uh, if the iPhone app store opens up, is that a bad thing for me? Is it a good thing for me? Mm. Yes or no? And that's, they're, they're the questions which I would have as a consumer. But as the actual companies, We've got to sort of step back and, and look at this and think, well, it's two massive corporations that are fighting over like how much money they can keep. Like, why should we care? <laughs> does you it know, not make so any impact? Does us? it make no, any difference? Probably not. Yeah. Not that much, but it does filter down into the smaller guys as well, because mm. what precedent gets set here will filter down to the indie developers, will settle down to like what, what happens if an indie group of people that have put out like 20 games or whatever and they've got 20 games in the app store but they're not really getting seen so instead they decide to make their own storefront and they put that on the iphone instead and then suddenly they explode and it's great for them and it works and it and like everyone's happy and like a lot of people discover their games like oh my god did you check out that new storefront that's on ios all of this stuff could be a good thing for all yeah. we know but we just don't know it's only time will tell i i can't see Fortnite ever going back on the iphone um no they're going to be falling out they're not going to be friends after this for at least for a while but yeah. i think there'll be some industry changes and it'll probably be boring and dry and uh, and also i predict that then all the court cases will end the same uh, especially i can see something like i wouldn't be surprised if australia would go a different tact to Europe and the UK, and I wouldn't be surprised if something happened in America that wouldn't have happened in the UK or, or Europe. Yeah, usually they like if something happens in one region, they normally try and cover all the regions with the same sort of system that they put in place for that. Like I know, um, just this week, I think it was like this weekend actually, it was like during the trial, but the um, the European Commission found that uh, Apple had gone against fair fair use acts on their sort of uh, music side, like the Apple music side, right. saying that they were being too controlling with that and saying that they were charging too much for certain aspects and they had really archaic rules that just did not make much sense to the grounds of the law and stuff like this and, and all of that sort of stuff. And it's like, okay, if they did that for the music side, like are they going to do the same thing for the, the app side? Because mm. it's, it's potentially a similar thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't agree or disagree with the music side. I don't know enough about it, if I'm honest. And but like the fact that that was ruled in Europe, like how is that going to rule in this case? Because while this trial is going on in Europe right now, you can sure as hell predict that this same trial is going to play out in all the other regions over the next year. Yeah, I can I can guarantee. Which you. means we'll get some more juicy bits and bobs because every totally keep legal up. system yeah. is going to be different, and so we're probably, this is probably not the end of the juicy info. Absolutely not. So I think it's going to keep coming in, which is which is good. I mean, it's it's fascinating, like this whole trial because. As a developer, like I sort of knew most of this anyway, not like through insider knowledge or anything. It's just it's just information that you sort of get a feeling of like over the years. And now that it's sort of confirmed, it's 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 interesting to see everyone freak out about certain things. Yeah. And you're like, 
really like and the everyone... world is still turning and the game yeah, is still fine. being made and mm. and yeah it's not affecting the consumers because and i guess it's affecting the shareholders the shareholders are probably oh, more scared. all over the place i'm sure yeah, yeah. i'm sure they're pulling out and pulling in and, and going in everywhere and it's like a 10 cent bought uh, like 37 37 of uh, epics shares over the last week with the trial going on awesome that happened at the same time so the, like tencent are a huge get like they're the biggest games um, company in the world like most people don't know about them because they're very like low-key mobile developer hmm. and publisher but they they put in a lot of money into these places and the fact that they're making moves while this is happening sort of tells you like the way that the wind is blowing almost and if that's yeah. the biggest if that's the biggest games publisher in the world doing that then that's sort of like that's a big message being sent yeah so but like, i don't know i mean Epic. I have a feeling. I have a feeling like to sort of put a lid on this, but like I have a feeling that Apple are going to sort of come out on top on this either way, just purely because of the precedents that are set in the past and and how it's sort of like how they're framing it. They framed it very well, like in terms of saying, you know, this is just them picking a fight for the hell of it. Like there's no actual legal basis in this and all this sort of stuff. So yeah. it's kind of it'll be interesting though. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I think Apple will. Yeah, I think Apple will come on top on the court case. Whether or not there will, well, we know that moves have been made because of the fifteen percent, you know, cut to the developer fee. So Apple yeah. have already reacted because that yeah. is reaction. You can't deny that. Oh, we had yeah, that yeah. on the cards anyway. Right. So it could just be more of the same. So Apple could win the court case. Epic have a massive fine, but off the back of it, there's some changes mm. that could happen. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's a good case scenario as well. As, you know, I'd, yeah. I'd be happy for that. Yeah, all I want is for everyone to just make up, get on, work out the differences, and you know, cut some slack for any devs. That's all I want. Yeah, kiss and make up. Yeah, kiss. That's that's just all we make, want. Get we... the judge to make them kiss in court, and then we'll be fine. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. I mean, at the end of the day, competition is healthy. So, like, the more of yeah. that there is, the better. Yeah. So, whether that being within, because like my. I had a discussion with my wife about this and, and she's very much on the side of uh, Apple in that respect because it's about their platform. And and if, if they built this platform and this ecosystem, then they should have the right to do whatever the hell they want with it. And there's other options out there like Android. So if you don't like Apple's ecosystem as a developer, then you should just be able to just bugger off and go to the other place, which totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so I see that argument about it. But at the same time, I also see that iPhone has gotten so big. Yes. The discussion is... When does, does competition that, become, when right. is competition competition and when is not even in the same ballpark yeah. become the ballpark? When does iPhone as a product become bigger than mobile phones sort of thing? And when yeah. does it become separate? And when that happens, then does Apple have a monopoly on the product of the iPhone sort of thing, which is a weird sort of, you know, inception based like system to look at yeah. all of this but like it's it's a question that needs to be answered and when it does get answered it's gonna it's gonna set a lot of groundwork for the future so um one thing we didn't do which we can now yep. wrap up the show with okay. is what you've been playing oh my god yeah that is a good point yeah um, what have i been playing i'll let you go first on this like what have you been playing because you <laughs> you stopped playing horizon zero dawn finally you've like, finished it I did. which is which is a good thing to get out of your, your backlog but yeah um, what, what did you shift off onto? So I posted on Twitter, didn't I? I was ch mm. choosing between two games. So it was either going to be Uncharted 4 um, or it was going to be God of War. Uh, I downloaded the old God of War 
And again, I don't like the fact that they're both called God of War. So the God of War when he's bald. <laughs> they're both bald. <laughs> like they're always bald. Oh wait, no, no beard. So clean shaven God of War. The original, like the PS3 uh, okay. one. Young Kratos. Young Kratos. I couldn't get on with it. I couldn't get past. I couldn't get past the first intro. Like it's a PS2 like, game, man. Poseidon. <laughs> like it was just quick time button bashing. I'm like, this yeah. isn't like the cinematics were amazing. I was really impressed with it. The sound was awesome. The but I just couldn't get past it. I kept dying. You do not need to play the old God of War to play the new one. I okay. Would completely skip past it. Play the so, new God of War. Yeah. It's amazing. So it's I, really, pl- really I played the demo of that because that was free with with whatever I've signed up with with, with PlayStation. Okay. And uh, then I did like a, a a survey, which which did I get? God of War or Uncharted 4? Mm. And then I watched a video about um, Austin Wintry going over how he um, did the music for um, the Pathless video game. Uh, a right. giant squid and yeah. um i just was like nope i'm going that i'm getting that because that soundtrack <laughs> sounded amazing and the interactive right. uh sound was just awesome and the way he approached it was i just really resonated with me and i i realized that i playing god of war it was super violent and it, it was noisy <laughs> and like horizon zero dawn is almost i mean yes it has got action and there's violent elements it's a to very it, serene peaceful but it's a game, nice though. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a chilled out game, even though it's about the end of the world. Mm. Uh, and so <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to get into like mean spirited violence. So I downloaded the Pathless and played it. I've played a f- the first few bosses, uh, first couple of bosses on that. And it's just mm. it's so good. I mean, it, nice. it looked not good. It looked mundane and it looked a bit like meh. But playing it, you just get, it just sucked me right in. Mm. It, it was crazy because I've seen the trailer loads of times because it, it was something that really interested me. Um, but yeah, so the hype, I was underhyped for it and going in, I'm really glad I was underhyped for it because it's actually, it's actually a really good game. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And a lot of yeah. it is just the sound, like just sucks you in. Yeah. What he's done is just so clever. Um, and then I also downloaded uh, Call of Duty Warzone and I've been playing with my brother. Oh, uh, nice. Some, yeah, that's one, that's one I tried. Shooter. I couldn't get into really that much. I, I, I yeah, it was just like I got in there five minutes. I was destroyed. I was the like, learning right. curve is steep. I got to say, it's very steep. Yeah, um, I'm playing with some people, so they're like getting my back and stuff. I played for mm. a good few hours, and I didn't kill one person. <laughs> I think that's pretty much where I landed on it as well. But I had fun. It's weird. It's the weirdest mm. thing. Like I got a load of cash, and we came like third on some of the levels, and like we also did terribly in some of the other levels, and everything's confusing. Like my last mod, like Modern Warfare Two was my last Call of Duty game, so yeah. I fell out of love with the franchise. Then this is a whole new thing. It's not Call of Duty, not right. how I remember it. It's just um, got the it's just got the uh, the the label on it. With it's Call got the Duty, label, but it, but it's it could just be a different Fortnite thing. with different guns. But yeah, it's you com- could just call it Warzone. It's so confusing. There's so many modes. There's so many symbols. It's like. Uh, I, I can't. I don't get it. But it, I had fun, and so I'll probably do it again. But I'm not going to pay any money. It's free. I'm not going to pay right. any money for that because it's just confusing. It's confusing. The UI is messy. There's so many modes. There's so many different cash things. You get all the weapons on the floor anyway. Mm. So I don't understand about unlocking weapons. <laughs> like it's for the I'm pink like, hats, should, man. You I'm like, should I do hat. a loadout? And they're like, well, no, just pick up a gun. I'm like, okay. And they're like, that's a good gun. Get that one. I'm like, okay. So now I've suddenly got a really good gun. They're like, yeah. I'm like, right, okay. So, so progression, which is to my mind, like, I guess I'm a traditional gamer now. Like, mm-hmm. progression comes a time. No, nope, yeah. you just pick up guns. And then other, yeah, lucky. Other modes, you start with just a gun. 
just our pistol. And I'm like, I, I thought the game was broken. I said, oh, guys, because I was laying down in a truck. And I was like, when I'm prone, I can't switch weapons. So I think the game's broken. They're like, no, you, you've only got a pistol. I'm like, oh, okay. And they're like, well, how do I get a gun? They're like, you've got to pick one up. I'm like, what do you mean pick one up? Like, go look for one. I'm like, how is this a war game? How is this a game about people with guns that drop onto a map with a handgun because all the guns are on the floor? It's like, this isn't, this is like, isn't this supposed to be about war? War zone. Yeah, I mean, that's that's, that's literally what like Battle Royale games are based on, which I think that a lot of it was sort of born during the, uh, like the Halo 3 era of playing games where you run around the map and you have to pick up like better new weapons sort of thing. So it's, it feeds into that, but like I get, like in terms of like aesthetic, like it doesn't make much sense. It's new for me. I feel very out of depth. (laughs) Yeah, I played uh, Call of Duty World War 2 and just like the thing that got, me annoyed about that game more than anything it's like you'd be walking around like okay i got my thompson like in my like world war ii gear and stuff and it looks really realistic it looks great and you finally start the map and then like the first guy you run into is some kid that's like bought the dlcs or whatever and he's got a fucking pink submachine gun with a pink helmet purple vest and stuff i'm like it just completely kills like everything like it, can, yeah. it kills the fantasy of like playing in world war Two sort of call the jury game yeah and yeah like that that drives me around the bend man like i wished it was a button to turn off but it was yeah. completely you know it ruined the whole i like reason to actually buy anything so i, I was i was thinking it's, that it's like, the, like one of the best call of duties is call of duty 3 um but when they it was just multiplayer was just kind of in its infancy and it was yeah world war Two setting and it was Gary Oldman doing the voiceover. And it's like you play the Russians. Oh, that was um, Call of Duty World of War. World at War, sorry. Oh, that was World yeah. at War. Sorry, yeah, no, you're right. World at War. Yeah. Uh, when you play on the Russian front and play on the German side. And that yeah. was an awesome game. I was like, that was a great game. That, there would be no pink hats in that game. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I miss World of War. It's one of my favorite Call of Duties to play anyway. Like it was, yeah, I, I put two years into that game with, with my friends and LAN parties and stuff. but. Yeah, great So yes, uh, I'm a bit disillusioned. So I'm looking. F- I'm eager to see what the new World War Two Call of Duty game is. And yeah, I'm, like, is it going to be World War Two? Is it going to be Pink Hats? Who knows? Both. It will be both. I, I guarantee <sighs> it. Unfortunately, but the uh, the last Call of Duty I played was uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which is the not the last one Cold War that came out, but the one before that. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Like I thought the campaign was probably one of the best in Call of Duties in years. Mm. I think. Like it's well worth looking into that one. So hmm. I would I would check that out. If you're if you're just into the campaign and playing pretty straightforward like multiplayer, then yeah. that's that's a good one to get into. Okay. So yes. That cool. I guess wraps up the podcast. Indeed. Should I do a weird newsy outro? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. You should. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on this special epic uh, Apple court case episode of the Polygon Forest podcast. I have been Chris Jarvis, joined with you uh, by the Ubisoft concept artist, Vin Hill. If you you wanted to reach us uh, via social media, you can find me on Twitter at AcrylicPixel. And Vin, how can we get hold of you if we need to? Um, You can find me on Twitter. I am at Games. Um, I sometimes post some of my concept art on there as well as some indie games development stuff. So if you're into that, then please give us a follow and you shall see some of it. Thank you for watching. Uh, Like, comment, subscribe. If you like this new format, should we keep it going? 
please don't say yes because this has been a bit of a pain in the ass. Um, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Ta-ta. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Epic Games and Apple are at a trial over alleged uh, antitrust practices by the Apple iPhone maker. Wait, nope, let's try that again. <laughs> on, tonight, okay. on tonight's... This will be at the this end, be at so the that's end. the best part. Okay. <laughs>